How are you folks? Welcome to another episode of Yogi Dave's Hub Podcast. Uh, this is podcast number five. Um, so, you know, we're, we're getting in there. Um, so, um, if you don't know already, if you haven't been listening before, this podcast is about gaming. So, be it board gaming, um, war gaming, skirmish gaming, um, RPGs, a lot of the tabletop gambit of gaming. At points, we maybe talk about computer gaming and collectible card gaming but as I don't do very much of either um, at this moment of time or ever have at all um, you know don't add code at the moment um, so today um, I've actually got a little bit of a topic for discussion um, which is my Napoleonic army so it's British Napoleonics um, I do this is a bit unusual for the podcast because normally it's just whatever pops into my head at that particular point that I want to talk about um, I mean the last one was all about RPGs um, rather than you know rambling on about various different subjects but this one is it was specifically I wanted to talk about the, the polyonic orcs, um and the polyonic gaming and what have you um, so or the black powder um, gaming as well um, so my Napoleonic army is British. Um, I have Scots Guards um, and Highlanders, um, as well as artillery and cavalry um, put in there as well. I haven't decided um, what um, regiment of hussars and what have you my cavalry are going to be, um, but when I do, you know, I'll update you a wee bit. Um, but obviously, um, me being Scottish, surprisingly enough, my Infinity character is a Caledonian. Basically Scottish, my um, <laughs> British Napoleonic Army are all Scottish, um, Scots Guards and Highlanders. Um, but you know that's that's just kind of the the way that I am, the way that I'm built. Um, but um, the rules that I use um, these for are, or these are made specifically for, as um, um, oh sharp practice for by two fat lardies. Um, now if you don't know Two Fat Lardies they do a number of different games they do obviously Shut Practice they do World War 2 Chain of Command they do several others I think off the top of my head but that's the only two that I've played personally so it's the only two I could talk about and I quite enjoy, enjoy both of them because they're quite uh, well Chain of Command I'm enjoying because it's very historically based you know um, it's very much a historic set of rules um, whereas boat action is not particularly historic um, with sharp practice the reason I use it is because obviously it's a s- smaller scale than um, black powder and I'm not a big fan of black powder um, for various reasons um, I don't honestly think it's a very great set of rules um, I think it's a bit ponderous um, yeah, it's, it's not my thing. Whereas I quite enjoy um, the two fat lardies systems. So, you know, that's the reason I play um, sharp practice um, for my Napoleonics. But, um, um, so, basically, what I was going to talk about um, with Napoleonics as a subject is how to get in it. You know where you buy the figures, what companies you can use, all that, all the the good stuff 
that he, you know helps gamers get into games. Now, on a, if you're a primarily um, Games Workshop gamer, um, obviously you know, or your only Games Workshop gamer in your past, obviously you might not have an interest in switching to Napoleonics or historical, um, but you know, it might not be something that you've thought about before, but it might be something you've thought about before, but didn't know how to get go about it. Um, obviously, um, I've been a member of the Glasgow District Wargaming Society for a many number of years. Um, I've been a member for about 20, 22 years. Um, so that's how I got into historical gaming. I started gaming there. But, um, if and also I'm also a member of the Falkland District Wargames Club. Um, but that's it. You find a club in your area. You find a club in your area that does historicals. You go down, you talk to them, you see what they want. You see what they do. Um, also, there are forums like TMP and num numerous other gaming websites. Um, whether based in your country or not based in your country, there, there may, might be players that, um, you know, or on there that, you know, will get you going into it. Um, so, basically, there are, I think, a whole, I'm not sure how many sets of rules for Napoleonics there are, but a lot of them are black powder either. Um, based rather than specifically Napoleonics. Um, obviously, you've got principles of war Napoleonics. They are specifically Napoleonics, but it's using principles of war system. Black powder is a black powder area system. Sharp practice, well, named slightly for the Napoleonic um, era characters. Sharp by in the Bernard Connell books and the TV show. Um, it is black powder era. It's not just Napoleonics, and that goes from I can't remember when it goes from, but it, it, it basically encompasses the whole black powder era of um, guns. And so it's got American Civil War. Not ah, it's got American Civil War, but it's got War Independence. Um, you know the Indian Mutiny. You know all that kind of stuff uh, in it. I don't have the actual rule book to hand, but you know, um, Black Powder, the set by Warlord, is very much the same. It is a Black Powder era rather than specifically for Napoleonics. Um, there's General De Brigade, which I believe is Napoleonic specific. Um, but there, there is a whole lot of various different um, Black Powder games that you can. Um, used for doing the polyonics. Um but um, if it's going to be you and your friends you agree, you know one of you is by um, Black Powder one of you is by Principles of War one of you is by he's all by a set of rules, you read it you pass it around each other to see what everyone wants to play and then, you know, that's what you play you go to In your area, sorry, I had to get drink. Um, and you see what they play, and see if it's what you want to do. Um, and you buy the rules, read them, decide what. Right, so if you know you're playing a Napoleonics, 
and they play um, sharp practice or whatever um, set of rules you find out who's got what armies um, and maybe you get an army that nobody else has or very few people have um, I know when you're playing Napoleonics the big two are the British and the French but you've got the Prussians you've got Russians um, you've got various smaller nations that you can play I mean even the Americans were all involved in 1812 um, with the British because um, that's still the Napoleonic era it's 1812 um, so you know the, the invasion of Canada and what have, what have you I think it's the invasion of Canada anyway um, the War of 1812, you know, can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I have played battles in the War of 1812, um, where I played the Americans against the British. Um, or I think I played the Americans versus the British, I can't remember. But um, obviously, you pick the army and the era, the part of um, the Napoleonic War that your group plays, so you can Portuguese and Spanish. So if it's Peninsula War, you obviously, you know, you've got the French, you've got the British, the Portuguese, you get Spanish. Um, you know, if it's Napoleon Dries, you've got, you know, France and all the other states that um, were brought into the, the French Empire um, by Napoleon. Um, and all these different armies have different uniforms and um, you know different figures that you can pick up from. Um, so all the other thing about Napoleonics is it's important to know what scale the guys that you're playing with. Um, every time I say that, it sounds weird and sounds dirty. I don't know why it's because I've got a dirty mind probably, but um, yeah, the guys that you're playing with, playing against, um, whatever scale they use. Because Napoleonics come in 6mm, 10mm, 15mm, 28mm, 54mm. I've seen flats, um, so that's flat miniatures, not like, you know, the, uh, the, the 3D miniatures that all of us are used to. There are actual players that use flats. Um, players that use massive figures um, for skirmish kind of games. Um, so it's whatever the players that you're playing games with. Um, the scale that they use you need to be important you need to if it's a groupies um, and you're wanting to play Principles of War um, which I, I have played and I quite enjoy but I don't enjoy playing with the people certain people that play Principles of War so I stopped using 15mm that's what we use was 15mm 15mm scale I think to be honest Principle of War is more length to 15mm than 28mm um, but you know I've seen um, black powder played in 28 mil, not 28 mil, 15 mil. Not played sharp practice. Seen sharp practice played in 15 mil, but the rules um, you can use for 15 mil, um, but you can also also use it in 54 mil. Um, so you know that's an important thing. Um, so 15 mil, there are quite a number of manufacturers. Um, the ones that I I've used are Essex. Um, I can't remember any of the others off the top of my head but it's like any anything else you type in 15mm Napoleonic British um, French Portuguese you know what have you what army you know there'll be a list of websites that you can go to look at them um, 
in 10 mil Pendragon are probably the best um, 10 mil manufacturers I've seen ever um, on the market um, 28 mil um, is where obviously a lot of companies are at the moment and there are loads of them um, off the top of my head there's Victrix um, that do plastic Napoleonics they do mostly British and um, French but I know they, I'm pretty sure they do Russian and Prussian um, I haven't had a look at the website in a while so I'm not 100% sure um, you've got Warlord obviously who do black powder who do the game um, they do a massive range of Napoleonic figures um, if you hold on to six. yeah so Warlord do British, French, Austrian, Russian Portuguese and Prussians for um, the Napoleonic Wars for Black Powder era Obviously, they also do the Wars of Spanish Succession, Jacobite Rebellion, the American War of Independence, the Civil War, Madras Revolt, French Indian War, Plains War, Crimean War, Anglo Zulu War, Seminole Wars as well. Um, so, it's I will talk a little bit about different um, black powder eras at different points, but obviously these are like the big ones that they do uh, with the black powder rules. Um, there's also Perry Miniatures. Not doing a point on it. Um, they do plastic as well as metal. Um, not a great big plastic range, but a plastic range nonetheless. Um, I'm just bringing it up. And they also do a lot of the same eras as obviously. Um, Warlord do but they do other eras as well do other armies um, but I'll bring it up just now so for Napoleonics the um, Perrys do French, British, Brunswick Dutch, Belgian, Nassau Prussian, Austrian, Russian Confederation of the Rhine, Bavaria Kingdom of Holland Danish Norwegians, they do French in Egypt because Napoleonic did go into Egypt at one point, and um, they've got Spanish, they've got Swedish and Portuguese. So these are, you know, you've just not got the big nations. Um, you've got all the little, like the Confederation of the Rhine, all the German states, uh, the Kingdom of Holland, uh, Dutch Belgians. So the Kingdom of Holland and Dutch Belgians are different because Dutch Belgians were in the. Battle of Waterloo, Kingdom Holland was, I'm pretty sure it was a French vassal at one point um, yeah, it's a French vassal um, but not for very long um, so um, for Napoleonix um, the, do, 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 they do for Perry they do the British Napoleonic line um, Sars, Light Dragoons, uh, French Napoleonic Infantry, Heavy Cavalry, so that's Carassi and Carbinis, um, Dragoons, um, so that's Line Dragoons, Hussars, um, Chasseurs, so that's, they do only really, um, oh they do Prussians as well, um, so Prussians, uh, Infantry and Jaegers. Um, they're really the big ones. You do have like front rank. 
as well that are quite I do think I think front rank have quite a large range as well. So yeah, so they've got Prussians, Austrian, Bavarian, British, French Napoleonic, Canavarian, Nassau, Napoleonic Netherlands, Napoleonic Pop, Polish, Portuguese, Russian, Spanish, Württemberg, um, which I th- I'm assuming is another German state. Um, I'm actually not particularly sure. Um, so they do quite a number of ranges as well. Don't have any of them. The only the only figures I personally own are Victrix, um, uh, Perry's, and Warlords. But um, Essex, who do 15 mils, um, also do 28 mils. Um, you've got Bicon Miniatures. Um, I think Old Glory. I'm not sure. Used to do. Napoleonics, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, um, they do 15 mils. Oh, glory! Do 15 mils, not 28 mils. Um, but yeah, so Essex. I've got Austrian, British, French, Russian. Um, so they've got the big states. Um, apart for the Prussians, Bicorn. The French, British, Wartenberg, Austrian, Swedish, Brunswick, Bavarian, Prussian, Russian, Saxon, Baden, Spanish, Dutch, Belgian. So Saxon and Baden. There's companies that will do like the little um, states that you might want to play um, if you know you want something a little bit different. Not everyone has. Um, some people like that. Some people like that little offshoot army, maybe. Um, so the Kingdom of Saxony and that kind of thing. Um, now, for um, sharp practice, I don't think there are a lot of um, rules for all the smaller states. Um, but you know, you make them up as you go along because the rules are in there. There's rules for making points. So if you want, you you investigate. Um, how the Saxony army was trained and all the rest of that kind of stuff and you, you do points there is a way of doing it with um, sharp practice I'm sure there's a way of doing it with black powder I haven't seen the new rules so I don't know um, but you know and 15, 15 mils and 10 mils and 6 mil and 28 mil um, there's lots of manufacturers of different figures, so investigate that. Uh, once you've invested, once you've decided what scale you're using, investigate the figures. Investigate what's going to cost what. Obviously, if you go for 28 mil, um, they're going to be more expensive. 28 mil is more expensive um, than most um, per figure. Um, obviously, excluding 54 mil. Um, and bigger um, and a lot of stuff that is like flats and stuff that'll be more expensive because it's kind of a it's a niche market um, that tends to happen um, in gaming if it's quite a niche um, it'll be more expensive Games Workshop on the other hand are um, the, kind of the exception to that rule where 
um, they're not really a niche, you know. It, you know, you, you go to pretty much every club in the entire of the UK, probably America and, you know, Europe and everywhere you've got wargaming, there's going to be people that play games or shop games. They might not play them at the club, but they'll play them or have played them. Um, games Workshop's not a niche. Games Workshop uses that excuse a lot, and I, I'm not going to get into the, the the bashing of Games Workshop because I play Games Workshop games, and if I bash them, I'll be a hypocrite. I'll sp- I spend money. Well, I don't actually spend money directly with two Games Workshop, but um, I pay other people. Um, but that that's a whole story that's already been told. Um, but yeah, I mean, the more niche uh, market it is, the more expensive the figures tend to be. Um, there's a lot of bespoke um, miniature manufacturers. Well, not, I call it bespoke, but it's not really bespoke because it's not one of a kind. Um, cottage industry miniatures, I suppose, um, that cater to a specific, um, you know, obscure war or obscure set of figures or you know that kind of thing um, but you know all the major um, companies in historical wargaming probably do um, an Napoleonic line whether it's 6mm, 10mm, 15mm, 28mm you know you'll find Napoleonic figures for whatever scale you're looking for quite easily um, obviously um, 50 mil um, 100, 200 quid I'll get you um, a pretty big army um, whereas 100, 200 quid oh, and 28 Napoleonics probably won't get you even remotely amount. so you've got to look at what scale you're playing at look at um, how many figures you're going to need so games like Sharp Practice are good for 28 mils because you don't need a massive amount of figures to play Sharp Practice. Um, you don't need, you know, big regiments of figures. Though I have 200 odd figures that I'm painting for it. Um, I don't need that many. I don't even need remotely that many. I have enough figures to play two sides um, of the British using my British more than enough to play two sides um, in a game of um, sharp practice because I've used the figures to play two sides Um, so it's not you know like I need all 200 figures which you know some of them are actually going off in a raffle Um, I'm going to do a kind of diorama base but they're going to be playable um, you're going to be able to take them off the diorama and be able to use them um, but what was it um, I had kind of a plan for what I was talking about um, but I keep on going off in tangents and stuff um, which you'll, ha- you'll find a lot with what I do the way I the way I think and the way I you know, the way I talk sometimes I go off in tangents and lose my plot <laughs> I get that from my mum. My mum does that all the time. And it annoys the crap out of me. I'm sure it annoys the crap out of other people when I do it. But 
Um, so, yeah, so once you've decided what army that you're going to use, um, there are quite a lot of resources to find out, you know, what army, you're, you know, what colours and everything that your army um, were, you know, what colour uniforms they wore, you know, uh, how they were dressed, you know, how officers were different from other units, the other um, men um, in the army, how, you know, different units wore different uniforms, um, so, you know, obviously British Rifles, um, as was made famous in the Sharp movies, um, they wore green jackets and trousers, um, and their shakos were different colour from the base um, British shako. Um, it's kind of a dark greeny colour, bottle green, I think they call it. Um, you know, so obviously they they've got a different uniform, but also all Scots Highlander regiments had kilts rather than trousers, or their officer might officers officers might have wore trues. Um, you know, sergeants sometimes had pikes um, rather than guns um, for some mad reason. Um, all my sergeants and what have you have pikes. Well, not all of them, but many of them have pikes rather than guns. Um, obviously, you know, British musicians, um, unless they were guard units, um, their jackets um, were opposite colours. So the face, your facing and your jacket colour were reversed. So um, red facings and whatever colour your jacket was your um, your facings were um, on the rest of you guys that was the colour unless it was guard units or certain other units um, or you know after a certain period um, so there's, there's things like that that go into you know research so you choose whichever so I'm British Napoleonics so I chose right my line infantry aren't going to be line infantry they're going to be guard so Scots guard um, so I found out what uniform colours the Scots guard wore so it's blue with uh, red with blue facings so um, it's like right okay so there's also um, whether or not your infantry is going to be at your centre company because the Napoleonic regiments, right? So, um, then at least with the Napoleonic British, you had your centre companies and you had your flank companies. So, I have centre company and flank company miniatures. So, flank companies um, would be essentially there was two flank companies, one of which would be um, light infantry and one of which would be grenadiers. So, grenadiers were essentially the bigger men in the unit um, that would be, you know the guys that would lead the charge um, and they were braver sometimes they would be skirmishers um, but they were there to set a good example for the other companies and light company um, but they're usually the guys that fought the sport, for, uh, skirmish lines um, fight most of formations um, and they were normally the smaller, smarter and more agile men um, the main differences to distinguish them from 
um, the the regular companies was both of these companies wore wings in their ja- the shoulders of their jackets. So, um, flank company and miniatures have these on their, their jackets. Um, light company wore green pom poms. So, um, centre companies wore white over red, um, and green cords posted the white, and they had different emblems um, on their shakos. Uh, Grenadier com- companies um, had all white pom poms, but their shakos were the same as centre companies otherwise. Um, light on infantry or light company um, officers carried the sabre so like the cavalry sabre and light infantry companies would use bugalos and trumpeters and hornists rather than drummers Um, otherwise you know the companies had the same uniform basically Um, I think at some point the grenadiers actually um, had grenades like the grenade um, emblem on their helmet um, but um, I'm not I keep on reading it and then forgetting it and then going back to it and, but you know obviously you, you investigate the uniforms I haven't investigated the uniforms of my cavalry yet um, apart from some of them um, I've got are needing to be converted from light cavalry to heavy cavalry, so instead of having curved blades or sabres, um, they need straight blades um, and cast so um, metal um, breastplates. Um, I need to find some metal breastplates to put on over their, their jackets. Um, though that's going to be a bit difficult because some of them have got their hands sculpted to um, their, their side, their um, Obviously, where the the reins are on the horse models, so I'm gonna have to find a way around that. Um, but that that's a wee bit of um, converting that I'm doing because obviously, right now I don't have the cash to go out and buy um, heavy cavalry. Some point I will be buying Scots Grace, um, so that's obviously another Scottish cavalry regiment. Um, but you know. You know, it's it, when you're. I didn't really plan my army. I'll be absolutely honest. It was basically right. I'm buying this. I'm buying that. I'm buying the next thing. Um, it's maybe not the best thing in the world to do is to go out and not go out and buy shitloads of figures and not plan it. But that tends to be the way that I do things. Um, with my Highlanders, um, they were actually an addition to the army because I thought, well, I can use Highlanders in. Um, Sharp practice, so right, I'll go out and buy them. I'll be honest, my line infantry was bought years ago when I just when I it was like cheap. Um, it was the cheap, crappy Victrix plastic that they used back then. Because the thing is, um, different plastic figure manufacturers, you know, I don't think Victrix, um, the guy that runs it, had anything to do with Games Workshop. Whereas the vast majority of the British ones, at least, and um, everyone worked for Games Workshop at some point in their um, time in the industry your Warlord was started by X Games Workshop Mantic was started by X Games Workshop mm. obviously Perry Miniatures the Perry's I'm not sure whether or not they still work for Games Workshop at, at times but obviously they used to work for Games Workshop or still do um, you know all the big um, plastic manufacturers 
um, at least in the UK anyway, um, all at one point um, worked for Games Workshop. So these guys all have the knowledge that they've taken from working there. Um, whereas I don't think the guy that was in charge of Victrix um, had that, and the plastic right at the beginning was not the best plastic and would um, snap quite easily, um, and it annoyed the crap out of people. Um, including myself, which is why I stopped building them. I think about three um, at one point and stopped. Um, but I've got like I had the whole box full of them, like fifty-two figures um, to put together. Um, but now, obviously, I've started doing Napoleonics. Um, I want to continue to do Napoleonics, um, and I've got that army. Um, so I added to it. I added the flank company. Um, I added some um, rifles from Warlord. Um, I added the cavalry from Perry. I added the artillery from Victrix because it's the only plastic artillery that I can see, um, and it was quite cheap. And I got it, so you know that made me happy. Um, but you know, there is, you know, it. It's the thing you've got to think about. Really, what I should think about every time I start a new game, start a, a new era, start a new um, historical period. Um, you know, what am I getting myself in for or into, um, and how much is it going to cost? And plan it out, which I've done. Um, I'm going to get um, Caledonians for. Infinity, and I planned that out. I know what I'm getting. I know what I need. So I'm like, right, okay, that's that's that. I can, you know, safely say this is how many figures I'm going to be buying, um, or people are going to buy for me for Christmas and birthdays and what have you. Um, so you know, I know I'm not going to go overboard. That has always been my biggest problem: going overboard when I'm starting new things so learn from my mistakes before you even go out and buy figures plan what time you've got to paint them what time you've got to build them what time you know how often you're going to use it um, how big a battle you're going to play how big you know how much space you're going to need for storage how much storage Containers you're going to need all that kind of stuff before you even go out and buy the figures. Um, that's just my advice from 25 years of buying my own figures um, with birthday money and what have you. Um, is it 25? It's about 25 years of going out and buying stuff and everything. Um, not planning is not the best idea. Just going out and blitzing um, for games that you might not play that often. Um, it's a smart thing to do, not doing that. Um, so, um, what, what's, what was it my next? Yeah, so you've got that planned um, and everything. You know where you're buying them from, you know. You know what the uniform looks like. Um, painting guides. Now there is quite a number of good painting guides for Napoleonics out there. 
um, depending on what obviously um, forces you're using so you know um, there's a good one on the Paint All The Minis website for British line infantry red jackets and all this, that kind of stuff I don't use that but you know I am using my own my own way of doing things because I like to do that um, I like sometimes having kind of a basic guide but honestly um, before you go out and buy the paints um, go out and investigate um, unless you know yourself right okay that will link to that and that you know this base coat this shade this highlight that highlight unless you unless you can figure out yourself if you get an art degree or whatever um, thoroughly investigate before you go out and buy paint unless you've got the paint already yeah, no, you, you don't need to go out and buy that paint but if you are going to need to go out because maybe your paint range is more to the fantastic side um, than the earthy side mm. like Vallejo paints there's a reason there's several different lines of Vallejo paints you've got the model colour you've got the Panzer um, series you've got the game colour series you've got all these different series because Obviously, the Panzer series is more. I think it's more geared towards um, models, that like as in like model tanks and that kind of thing. Um, whereas, obviously, you know, model color is more geared towards paint miniatures, but like historical miniatures rather than you know fantasy miniatures. The game color ones more geared towards game color uh, to fantasy miniatures. You know, so if you need to go out and buy a different palette of paint because yours the one that you've already got because Games Workshop paints are fantastic, so they're a lot brighter um, than most other ones um, it's a lot of a, a lot more brighter but also a lot darker a palette, so it's kind of it's not kind of got a mid-range palette which most historical stuff has um, it's more of a you know far to the bright far to the dark um, kind of part um, you need to think about that um, also you know the basin is different for historical figures a lot of historical figures don't actually come with bases um, so you know obviously if you play games workshop games um, you'll be used to your figures coming with you know the slot of bases or the well actually not slot of bases anymore but it used to be slot of bases um, like flat surface bases um, for your miniatures um, obviously because they've gone all plastic um, you don't really have slot of bases anymore but back in the day if you're like me you remember the slot of bases um, so you, you're used to getting bases um, I use war bases um, to, to get my bases um, <sighs> with war bases um, they're obviously based in the UK so uh, if there's a similar company if you're in the US or you're in Europe um, and you don't need to get the postage from UK that's a good thing but that's who I use I use them for my bases for my Napoleonics and any spare bases I need for my Games Workshop figures, any terrain bases I need, I get from them. 
um, movement trees I uh, will get from them as well um, which are important when you're playing things like black powder and um, sharp practice so you know investigate the rules thoroughly to know what kind of bases you're needing and if you're going to be playing with a new a group of um, players that their bases are a certain size so my bases are two pences I actually put mine on two pences because there's no point in me trying to um, use two pences in the shop because two pences will get you fuck all um, I use it it's a two pences and um, two pence size bases from more bases um, so yeah um, I use them but there's players in the Falkirk Club that have got one pence size bases um, so they're smaller bases Um I would have to, I suppose, paint and um, rebase my entire army, which not something I really want to do, but I might have to look into that um, if they're not cool with me having my two pence bases um, against the one pence bases. Um, doesn't really look right when you're doing um, a display or anything like that, but you know, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but if you are a group of players that are starting playing these games together um, you know you s- decide a basin size and a, a movement tray size so you can you know you've got use of a grid on it so that's the size it's going to be um, ooh, what else so I think that's very much on me done on you know the the investigating and the preparation for your gaming now I'm going to tell you why I prefer um, Napoleon uh, and doing Napoleonics doing sharp practice to um, black powder now black powder um, is a 28 mil large scale set of rules um, so obviously it's big armies um, I think you can play smaller armies but I, I don't know what it is with the Warlord Gate sets of rules I don't seem to warm to them though a lot of them you know, are written by X Games Workshop so you would think you know, you'd be warmer to them because that's what you play in a large amount compared to other games and what you have played as well you know I play 40k I play Necromunda I used to play loads of Warhammer played more time you know for years my my main gaming was Games Workshop so you know you would think I would be warmer will have a warmer reception for the Games Workshop games but I don't seem to have that with or games that were written by X Games Workshop uh, but I don't I don't know what it is with black powder and bolt action and those games. I just I don't like them. It's, it's as simple as that. You might enjoy them. I, I'm not saying because I don't like them you shouldn't go like them, or because I don't like them you shouldn't like them if you do like them. Um, it's just how I feel. And I know earlier on I talked about how I prefer um, chain of command um, to bolt action because it's far more historically rooted. The reason I like that fact is that 
if you've got little small units um, in bolt action, it doesn't matter. Your morale isn't affected. You know, when players take fucking Germans and they take the minimum amount of troops so they get the maximum amount of machine guns, uh, that's annoying. Whereas if you play Chain of Command, if you have you know the minimum amount of troops and the maximum amount of machine guns, your morale is going to suffer because it because you're not full sized units. So you know um, that's going to be a problem for you. You know, if you get one guy killed, that your morale might go to shit because of that. Um, and that's why I kind of like that. But. The fact that the Napoleonic rules by Two Fat Lardy's sharp practice is very much built as if it's, you know, a book you're writing. So they've got dastardly characters and heroic heroes and, you know, all that kind of stuff built into the rules. I actually enjoy. You would think because uh, like the historical and the accurate historical side of Chain of Command I wouldn't enjoy the kind of fluffy side of sharp practice but I do, I think it's great and I also like the, the alternate um, movement um, mechanic I was looking for the word there I couldn't think of it, um, the mechanic that you use to do your movement and like your unit activation and sharp practice so you know you have counters or cards um, for each leader and you have flags so depending on the size of the armies depends on how many flags you've got um, so you know if you've got six officers and four or five flags I can't remember how many it is off the top of my head um, and these all either go on a bag or go on a pack and your opponent's got similar shuffled together um, and they get picked alternatively you know if four flags get pulled out at any one time in a row um, you know a unit the last unit to move or fire depending on um, how you roll um, on the bad things happen or the weird things happen table um, you know they might move or officer might get hurt or they might fire or they might run out of ammo or different things that would happen in a battle you know that those weird um, you know runs of luck or runs of bad luck that happen to armies in battle um, would happen you know, these things happen if this happened, you know, with this mechanic, which I really enjoy. And also, there's a card that they call Tiffin, so it's obviously high T. Um, um, there's a card in there, so that ends in turn. So there's a random end to your turn. Um, if turn's ended and, you know, Tiffin is pulled and it's in the next, uh, it's rounds rather than turns, because once um, Tiffin is pulled after. It's the first card, that's the end of a turn. Um, and then, you know, all any morale issues that might have happened um, become like units that run are gone um, from the battlefield um, because they've not been able to pull the morale together before the end of the turn. Um, you know, 
all these different bits and pieces um, make that game really really fun to play um, and really really fun to teach other players um, I know I um, can't remember the rules off the top of my head but generally what I'll do before I start a game before I play a game especially if I'm playing a game against a new player is I will sit down and read the rules and you know be able to say to them right this is that rule this is that rule you know run through it with them um, and have a good game um, I did the last time I did it um, forget about it completely and I kind of messed the flubbed the rules up a wee bit but you know the guy enjoyed himself um, it was only his second game um, or ever of um, sharp practice so you know and the first game was years ago or a year or two ago um, sharp practice is currently on its second edition um, I believe black powder is on its second edition as well um, there's been a number of editions of principles of war um, so you know when you're buying a set of rules remember that you all have to get the right set of rules, like the the right edition of a set of rules. You might see an edition of Principles of War first edition or from Napoleonics on um, line on eBay. Don't buy that. Find out what you know. Find out what the newest one is, um, and then anyone who buys it knows you can buy it for there. Buy that one. Um, but as I said in the beginning investigate thoroughly the sets of rules so whether or not it's a group group of you that are um, getting together and start a new period groupies that are wanting to get into historical wargaming where mostly you've been doing um, games workshop or fantasy wargaming of any type or science fiction wargaming whatever it is um, maybe each of these buy a set of rules and you investigate it, you read it, and then you pass it on to the other guys. They pass it on, they pass the rules round until you've all read all different sets of rules, and you can agree or disagree on what set of rules you should use, and come to an agreement. And you all go out and buy that set of rules, and that edition of the rules. Um, you don't tend to get the same issues with historical gaming as you do with. Games Workshop gaming, so you know, once the rules are out, you tend to have you know, very stable um, set of rules for a number of years. Um, with Warlord, um, that's a bit of a bit different because they kind of go along with the same Games Workshop models. You know, model not models they do guys that did games workshop so this is what you would not be surprised they'll release the rules and they'll release like army lists books uh, different intervals though they will have rules in the back of the book that let you play whatever you know you know British and German and what have you for I think in the bolt action book at least in the first one they had like minimal army lists um, so they could release like specific campaigns and specific units and that particular um, whole kettle of fish but on the most part um, companies will release a set of rules at least like Principles of War has got all the armies mostly for 
um, Napoleonics and the Napoleonic rules, at least the set of rules I had, um, the two fat laddies rules, tend to have the more well-known armies and units of a particular period and more. Um, so, um, in the chain of command, they've got the British, the Germans, the Americans, and the Soviets um, for the late war. Um, I'm pretty sure it's all late war. Um, but, you know, on their website, there's other army lists that they're releasing. But they've all, you've also got the rules to be able to put together an army using, you know, characteristics of that army so well trained um, fire discipline you know or grunty shitty green un- untrained guys you know the more to one side you know the more elite they are the more expensive they'll be the more shit they are the least expensive they'll be but they'll be harder you know obviously the elite so last longer than the crap but you might get more crap than you get of the elites. You know, you will get more other crap than the elites. But you know, there is those systems in order to you know build whatever army you want for that particular period. As long as you know, as long as you and your opponents agree. Um, this is the thing about the chain of command, and um, sharp practice rules is they're not really built for competition games. Um, they're built more for campaigns and friendly games. You know, the obviously the um, warlord games are more geared towards kind of, um, competitions and what have you, um, because they have a, a specific point system for specific armies for you know and specific lists. That you've got to do this, do, do that, do the next thing. You know, it's very much the games workshop model. Uh, I know I keep on talking about it, but you know, there is a model that is used um, by former Games Workshop employees for the most part. Mantic don't really. Um, when they release rules, you know, there's a competition um, kind of format to the armies, the game, and the lists. Though, to be fair, Kings of War probably is geared towards that Um, I've not played um, that much of the science fiction version um, but mm, you could say that um, the Kings of War and what have you is geared towards competition armies but not as much as their competition games not as much as Warlord Art and obviously Games Workshop a lot of the Games Workshop stuff I know they have been working towards your narrative and all this that kind of stuff but it's still kind of geared towards competition gamers um, which is fine I don't mind that because um, it's a good set of rules as long as there's a good set of rules I'm, I'm fine with that um, but um, yeah I think this is actually going to be a short podcast today because I think that's everything that I've got to say about it um, as always um, if you enjoy this podcast I would encourage you to subscribe I would also encourage you to share your like of the podcast I would also encourage you to make a comment um, on anything, even if you don't like it comment, but don't be a dick tell me what you think, honestly I'll take constructive criticism every day of the week Uh, I'll ignore, you know 
stuff like oh you suck oh this that or the next thing and, and, and abuse I will completely ignore um, but you know if you've got something constructive to say um, about what I'm doing um, by all means shoot it over to me I don't mind that um, this is what we're into February now by the time that this is actually released um, so hopefully by now I have the Captain Calcius figure painted and based and ready to be raffled um, so if you want, if you like this podcast and you want it to continue and you listen to, and you watch my YouTube channel as well um, and you want maybe a figure that I painted and based because it's a nice wee display base that I've put together for it you can look on my YouTube channel or look on my Instagram or whatever um, there is a link on the website so that's yogidaveshobby.podin.co um, that's the link to my coffee account £3 buys your raffle ticket buys me a coffee helps me improve the podcast helps me improve the YouTube channel and um, you know keeps us running keeps us going um, so yeah you know um, if you haven't already watched the YouTube channel the YouTube channel has unboxings it has a couple of battle reports there's a couple of intros to different games that I play um, there's me talking crap a lot about different subjects um, some of the videos are very long some videos are very short um, but you know have at it um, so you know I'm trying my best to do good things for the hobby I'm trying my best to get more people into the hobby um, <clears throat> and I'm trying my best to just you know do good things um, spread the love you know I will you know if you message me and say oh I've got this thing that I'd like you to talk about if it's good I'll spread it if I enjoy it I'll spread it you know I talk about looks APS I talk about you know um, various other th- other websites and YouTubes and you know other people that you know do good things as well um, and I do it for nothing um, if you want me to review something you sure as shit paying me because it's me taking the time doing it but I'll be honest with you if I think, think it's shit I'm going to tell people it's shit so if it's shit don't send me it I know people never ever think their own stuff shit but you know if people aren't buying it um, it might be lack of exposure it also might be that it's shit people are seeing it and they're like nope or people are buying it and spreading the truth um, and that's what I will do um, the reason that I talk about looks APS, I talk about Geek Gaming I talk about painting all the minis I talk about, about all these other companies that I buy stuff from um, the, the reason I talk them up is because I use them, I don't get anything from them and you know much as you know, lots of people advertise their own stuff or advertise people who are you know sponsoring them um, I'm not sponsored, I have no sponsor um, I'm doing this all on my own, I'm paying the cost of the um, service here 
you know, for this podcast. You know, I do everything with the YouTube channel for nothing. Um, it's all stuff that I bought myself. It's just going to be how I do things. I don't want to go out and get advertisers for various reasons. One, it's shitloads of work. Um, two, I'm not very well known. I don't know how no, well known I'm ever going to get. Um, and also, you know, you're kind of beholden. You spend money, you know, people spend money to advertise with you. You know, you've got to talk about them. You don't talk about them a lot. I mean, my missus, she works for a car dealer. Um, and, you know, they've been talking about getting sponsors, but, you know, and using podcasts. And the reason I wouldn't is because you look at my, the vast majority of the people that listen to my podcast are in America. Um, you know, 28 of 38, I think, are in America. You know, that's massive. That's a massive um, American base um, of listeners. So I'm based in the UK, I'm based in Scotland. Um, there's no point in me using them. Or no point in them using me um, as a um, as a sponsee because they're not going to get any business out for it. But I'm also not what the kind of people that they're looking for. You know, I don't think you know. Obviously, gamers use used cars, but you know, I'm kind of not. My audience isn't kind of their audience that they're looking for. I don't think honestly. Um, but you know. If I was to get a sponsor, um, it would be gaming related. It's got to be something, and it's got to be something that I will actually use. It can't be something that I don't use because if I don't use it, uh, I'm gonna get bored of going. Oh, I've got to do this ad. I've got to do that ad. I mean, you look at the Joe Rogan ads. It's all ads for stuff that he uses, um, and obviously, you know. His podcast has a lot more of a, um, I suppose, running budget. You know, it's got to run in at profit. It can't just be a um, vanity project because he might make a lot of money, but he's still got to make sure that everything he does doesn't lose money because he's got people that he employs and, you know, he's got a big building for that. But, you know, I run this out my living room or my spare room um, so or I'll do it in a, a hall where I game um, so obviously anything I do has got to be all above board because if I start talking about something oh this is great that's great the next thing and people think oh no this is shit um, I lose the viewership I lose the people who are here to listen to my podcast <laughs> and I'm, I'm starting to go off on one again I'm, I'm starting to rant I, I, I think I'm getting control of the rants a little bit but you know I'm still, they're still happening um, so yeah so that's a very Napoleonic heavy um, podcast um, the last one was a very RPG heavy podcast um, I'm going to I'm going to try and not um, overload with you know lots of different things because I think that might be the issue uh, might be an issue um, I, as I said I've got 38 um, downloads at the moment 
um, as a top. But that, you know, I was 14 days in. I honestly thought um, 14 days in, I was going to have maybe 14 downloads. I was, you know, I was going to be happy with one a day. Um, but you know, I, there's people from Madagascar. There's, there's actually a download from Madagascar. I'm like, is that not an island off Africa? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay, that that's not weird at all. And um, there's one from Spain. Um, but then you know, I suppose wargaming's a global, and RPGs and card games and all this that is a global. Um, global thing, it's not just one country it's everywhere um, so before I start waffling on and start ranting again, I am going to wrap this one up um, hope you guys have a good day, uh, good night, good morning, wherever it is where you are and happy hobby <laughs>